1: The Patriot, WWTC Minneapolis St. Paul, FM 107.5, K298CO Minneapolis. With SRN News, I'm Ron DeRochstra. The United States voicing concern
0: over Russia's continued aggression against neighboring Ukraine. There's been a buildup of Russian troops near Ukraine, and the White House has taken notice.
2: We call for an immediate restoration of the July 2020 ceasefire, and we stand with our partner Ukraine and condemn Russian aggression against Ukraine in all forms.
0: In recent days, Secretary of State Blinken assured the Ukrainian foreign minister that the U.S. commitment to Ukraine's security and territorial integrity is ironclad. The Kremlin has dismissed Western media reports that Moscow has intentions to invade Ukraine. Greg Clugston, Washington.
1: Also at SRNNews.com in Des Moines, Iowa, Deer & Company and union officials reached the third preliminary contract agreement that workers who began striking four weeks ago will vote on Wednesday. Two boys ages 9 and 14 in uh, Richmond, Virginia are dead. Two other men seriously injured in a shooting out. They are the culture warriors fighting the good fight to save America. Nominated by Salem listeners who want to honor them for all they're doing to make America great. Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida. Mike Lindell, founder of MyPillow. Jason Whitlock, columnist, podcaster, and digital TV host. Carl Jackson, political columnist and radio talk show host. Molly Hemingway, author, columnist, and political commentator. Glenn Youngkin, newly elected governor of Virginia. Go to our website and click on the banner to vote for Salem's Culture Warrior of the Year, AM. 1280thepatriot.com You're listening
0: to AM 1280 The Patriot. There's a slight chance of drizzle out there between now and 3 p.m., followed by snow with a high near 34, and you can embark on a 10-day adventure that you'll remember forever. It's The Stand with Israel, tour you'll be joined by Dinesh D'Souza and Sebastian Gorka who will be broadcasting live on the trip and ensuring that this will be a memorable and special trip for you register today at am 1280
1: thepatriot.com
3: portions of this program may have been pre-recorded
1: this is the northern alliance radio network The longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's great to be
4: back in Minnesota
1: today. Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now, here's your headline act, Mitch Berg. Welcome back, Twin Cities and World.
5: No, this is not Mitch Berg, the headliner. It is me, Brad Carlson, filling in for Mitch. Mitch away on assignment today. But fear not, he'll be in for me tomorrow from 1 to 3 p.m. But it's always fun to uh, be here on a Saturday. It's uh, kind of a little different vibe, I guess, in the building. And uh, to be able to talk to Mitch's audience as well. I know a lot of uh, uh, listeners to Mitch's audience uh, may not tune into my show Sundays, but that's okay. You're welcome to any time, but be sure to check out Mitch tomorrow as well. But here to take your phone calls, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag Show. That's hashtag N-A-R-N show for any comments or questions. And we are up and running at our Facebook page. Do a search at Facebook.com for the Northern Alliance Radio Network, and you are you can see we are live streaming the broadcast. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, and again, thanks to our uh, special guests the last couple of segments, uh, Senator Michelle Benson, Minnesota State Senator Michelle Benson, who is vying to be governor Of Minnesota, And uh, we've got some uh, quality candidates, but, uh, you know, we hear like, uh, you know, I'm speaking for me, Brad Carlson, uh, big fans of uh, Senator Benson. And for purposes of full disclosure, a personal friend to my wife and me. So uh, I normally try to stay impartial and unbiased when it comes to Republican candidates because I want them to all come on the show. But uh, hard for for me to be impartial about this one. I'll just be perfectly honest with you. But uh, we appreciate Senator Benson's uh, stopping by today. Want to talk some national news stories now. And obviously, what has dominated the headlines for the past week or two is the case of Kyle Rittenhouse, the teenager who, in the summer of 2020, uh, killed two people and injured another with his firearm. Uh, his attorneys are claiming it was a legitimate case of self defense. In all circumstances, whereas a case is being brought in the homicide trial for Kyle Rittenhouse, uh, one thing you'll notice about the coverage of this case, whether it's on mainstream media news outlets or via social media or what have you, uh, the big the major networks, particularly NBC and CBS, shedding all pretenses of objectivity when covering this case. I I, I mean, they're not even trying to hide it anymore. Uh, And and it's just absolutely disgraceful how it's being covered. I mean, CBS, in a tweet they put out, uh, basically referred to him, you know, said Kyle Rittenhouse uh, on trial for murdering two people. Well, then they later deleted that tweet and have to um, kind of re-up it and repackage it a little bit. But, you know, they let the the mask slip uh, long enough. But the problem is, you're hearing a lot about, you know, white supremacy in this particular case. Even though this has to do with the gunman. Yeah, the gunman's a white man. Kyle Rittenhouse, a young man, uh, he was a—I uh, think he's 18 now—but he was just a, literally a boy a year ago uh, with a gun. And what you're seeing is the narrative being framed that this is all about white supremacy. Wow, you know, this is a this is a gun culture. It's white supremacy, and he's probably going to get off because uh, the, the you know the judge is a, some Trumpist judge, which he's not, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But NBC, they also packaged a tweet saying, uh, you know, Rittenhouse was 17 on August 25th, 2020, when he fatally shot two men and wounded another man while carrying an AR-15 semi-automatic rifle at a protest prompted by police shooting of a black man. Okay, because you see, they can't frame this as some crazy white guy with a gun shot shot some black guys dead. So they have to frame it and throw in all the scary buzzwords like... uh, Witten, Rittenhouse shot a man AR-15 semi-automatic rifle and it was all because of police shot a black man and remember how the the uh, unrest started in Kenosha, Wisconsin the aftermath of police shooting Jacob Blake. The initial aftermath the reporting, the initial reporting was, well, he was, Jacob Blake was just there to break up a family dispute and when he walked to his car and didn't obey police, police just shot him. And Eventually, news outlets got around to mentioning, oh, yeah, there was, a, there was a weapon in his vehicle which he was reaching for, and that's why police shot him. Now, you can argue whether it was justifiable for police to shoot multiple times despite the fact that he was just reaching for a knife. You can, you can argue that, but you can't argue that it was irresponsible to leave that out of the initial reports. But you see, it's the initial reports that got out and got all the way around the world, and we've heard that old saying: the truth is or gets around, or the lies get around the world twice before the truth gets out of bed and puts its shoes on. And so then the unrest took place in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And another thing we're hearing is, well, he crossed state lines with a gun that he had no right to own or no, no, no right to possess. Well, number one, Kenosha is like fifteen minutes from the Illinois state line. Again, apparently Kyle lived in Illinois. But he worked regularly in Kenosha, and he has a number of family members in Kenosha. So it's not like he was just going there looking for trouble. Okay, he has ties to that city and probably a vested interest in it not being destroyed. Now, again, I'm not going to deny that it probably was unwise to walk into a situation like that, carrying a gun like that. And I remember the video where he was standing in front of a storefront and someone was talking to him, and he says, yeah, I'm just going to go walking out in the streets right now and see what was going on. You could almost, I I looked at that and said, ooh, boy. I said, because uh, the criteria for a self-defense shooting is, you can't be the instigator of an incident. And for him to say, well, I'm just going to go out, walk in the streets with my gun, see what's going on. I'm not saying that's a clear cut case of, of incitement or in, or instigating something. But, boy, it certainly clouds the lines. But from what I understand, the prosecution in litigating this case, they have to prove Beyond a reasonable doubt, that this was not a case of self-defense, and if you look at the video, including the one where Gage Grosskreutz, he was the he was the one guy Kyle Rittenhouse shot that was that survived. It's just basically his bicep on his arm was obliterated, but you could see he was running towards Kyle Rittenhouse with a handgun. So from that standpoint, yeah. There is a lot of doubt as to whether Kyle Rittenhouse's shooting was unjustified. A lot of doubt to that. But you see, the media—it's—it's—you can tell a lot by what they cover, but you could argue that you could also tell even more by what they don't cover. Uh, Jonathan Turley. USA today talked about uh, this very thing uh, the prosecution stumbled out of the gate in the trial uh, Gage as uh, a Grosskreutz Grosskreutz I'm not sure Gage Grosskreutz was the third person to be shot by Rittenhouse Grosskreutz admitted under cross examination that Rittenhouse did not shoot him when he had his hands up after the conf- after their confrontation he admitted that it was only after he pointed his handgun at Rittenhouse and moved toward him. That Rittenhouse fired, and if you remember this, this this immediately became meme worthy. The prosecution, one of the prosecutors in the case, immediately put his heads in his hand when the uh, when said that. Then, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, he he. Yeah, that's correct. He only fired at me after I pointed my handgun at him. But then Grosskreutz went on. Good morning America, and about while being interviewed by Michael Strahan, said the exact opposite. So now, could he be perjuring himself? Who's to say? But that's another issue entirely. I'll focus on the Jonathan Turley story here. Uh, likewise, a prosecution witness, Ryan Balch, testified that one of the other people shot, Joseph Rosenbaum, said that he intended to kill Kyle Rittenhouse. Other witnesses described Rosenbaum as belligerent or hyperaggressive. The prosecution's own medical expert, Dr. Doug Kelly, appeared to confirm that the forensic evidence of soot injuries on Rosenbaum's hand could be consistent with Rosenbaum trying to grab the barrel of Rittenhouse's rifle when the gun was fired. It got worse from there, including a glaring constitutional violation by the prosecution when uh, the prosecutor, Binger, I forget his first name, uh, began his cross-examination of Rittenhouse by commenting on his decision to remain silent. Okay, you, you could get a law degree out of a gumball machine and know the crux of your Fifth Amendment rights, that you have the right to remain silent, that you don't have to say anything that might incriminate yourself when you're under arrest. That, that's basic law. And this is a prosecuting attorney? Just just insane. Uh, the judge correctly tore into the prosecutor. Any first-year law student knows that you cannot comment on the silence of a mirandized defendant after an arrest under the Fifth Amendment, let alone ignore a court order. And again, you'll notice that the media didn't focus so much on why the judge, Bruce Schrader, was excoriating the prosecutor as much as he was doing it in the first place. Boy, did you see that, Judge? He's trying to torpedo this case. He's got a clear bias toward the defense going after the prosecutor that way. Well, do you know why he did? And you don't think that that's a legitimate reason for the judge to be upset? This is this is why these are—it's it's almost as if these media types have zero concept of what goes into a case and how it's adjudicated and with due process of law. But you see, this is where we are today. This is where we are. It's the classic uh, feelings usurping facts. Okay, it was a horrible thing, what happened to two young men that are dead. I don't care about their backgrounds. A lot of people are impugning the character of these young men. I guess one guy was a child molester, and the other was some uh, different kind of felon. doesn't matter. None of that matters. What matters was... Does Kyle Rittenhouse have a clear-cut case of self-defense? That's all that should matter. So if we're going to be calling out one side, we need to also not concern ourselves with the character of the deceased. Again, they sounded like horrible people, right? But that doesn't mean they deserve to get shot unless they were looking to bring Great physical injury, great bodily harm among Kyle Rittenhouse. And that's what the uh, prosecution has to prove beyond a reasonable doubt did not happen, that the shooting was self-defense. We'll have more on this and be available to take a phone call, 651 651- 289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow, that's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. And we're also live streaming the broadcast on the Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. Tune in there as well. Brad Carlson in for Mitch Berg on the headliner edition of the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere. <laughs>
1: Did you know that the Patriot mobile app can do more than just stream your favorite shows? Here's cool feature number one. You can set an alarm on our app that will automatically start streaming the Patriot at whatever time you decide. It's easy. Just open the menu in the upper left-hand corner, select alarm, and choose a time. You can set it to wake you up in the morning with Hugh Hewitt or any of your favorite hosts. Download the free AM 1280 The Patriot app today.
5: Welcome back, AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. It's me, Brad Carlson, filling in for Mitch. Mitch will be on for me tomorrow, so fear not. If you'd like to get your weekly dose of Mitch, he'll be in from 1 to 3 p.m. on these very airwaves. Hey, feel free to stay tuned in once I'm done, because immediately following me is Jack Tomzak, 3 to 5 p.m. for The Jack Tomzak Show. And be sure to always check into the King Banyan Show Saturdays, 9 to 11 a.m. on our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman, the best show on economics in the upper Midwest, or dare I say, the entire country. Yeah, I went there. King Banyan, he's ours, celebrating over a decade on our sister station. And uh, glad to be with you, glad to be continuing to be part of the Northern Alliance Radio Network for low these many years. And by the way, we're here to take a phone call, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. And we do have the live stream up and running at our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. I'm waving to the camera. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. Continuing to talk about the homicide trial of Kyle Rittenhouse and the completely inept prosecution, which, amazingly enough, the media just isn't covering. They're focusing on the judge making a bad joke about Asian food being held up because of the bad supply chain issues that are taking place. He made a joke about the ships that were running adrift on the West Coast saying, as long as we don't order our Asian food from there, we're good. But no, the judge is making a racist remark. And then at one point during the testimony, the judge's phone went off. Okay, the first rule in any important meeting is to silence your cell phones, okay? So it was a little tacky, but... His ringtone was uh, Lee Greenwood's God Bless the USA. And some leftist named uh, Ron Filipkowski on Twitter says, oh, Judge Schrader's phone rings in the middle of the Rittenhouse trial, and it just happens to be the theme song from the Trump rallies when he goes on stage. Go figure. There there it is. The narratives are being set. This is a Trumpist judge, and he's covering up for white supremacy. Because remember, uh, during the 2020 campaign, uh, they were talking about uh, Joe Biden specifically pointed out Kyle Rittenhouse being a white supremacist. What we're seeing going on in the streets of Kenosha with people being shot, wow, well, that's it's white supremacy running amok. Okay, and there have been some progressives who have had come to Jesus moments on Twitter that said, wait, wait, what? The Those that were shot weren't people of color? Then what's all this white supremacy talk about? I'm, I'm confused here. See, the media deliberately leaves a lot of that out. It's 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 sometimes it's what they don't report. That can be the the biggest misleading aspect of a story. Uh so if you're focusing on on the judge, um yeah, you you probably are are looking at the in the wrong areas. Okay, uh Charles CW Cook at the National Review uh broke it down about who this judge really is. As the trial of Kyle Rittenhouse has progressed, Americans who hope for a successful conviction have begun to focus their attention on the true villain of the piece, the 75-year-old presiding judge, Bruce Schrader. Among the many accusations that have been leveled at Schrader this week are that he is biased, that he is prejudiced, that he is a secret conservative right-ringer or Trumpist, that he is a gun nut, that he is a racist or a wannabe member of the Klan that he is the worst judge in town, and that he is attempting to parlay this trial and do a gig on Fox News or One America News Network or whatever. If, as seems eminently possible, Rittenhouse is acquitted of all the charges that have been brought against him by the state, one suspects that a lot of the resulting opprobrium will fall on Schrader, which would be ludicrous because Bruce Schrader is none of the things that his critics have proposed. Instead, he's a liberal. I use that word favorably. As the Washington Post notes in a recent profile, Schrader is a, quote, jurist who believes trials can be too easily manipulated, particularly by the prosecution, close quote. Or, as Slate's Jeremy Stahl puts it, Schrader has a reputation for being, quote, generally more favorable to defendants than many other judges, close quote. Why has Schrader conducted the trial in the way he has? Because that is how he always conducts trials. It has nothing to do with some preposterous wish to help House or some secret desire to defend the Second Amendment or with some long-shot play to replace Tucker Carlson in the 9 p.m. hour. Schrader is a liberal on matters of criminal justice, and this is how liberals on matter of criminal, matters of criminal justice tend to judge. For some reason, this has been too much for many observers to comprehend. On Twitter this week, former RNC chairman Michael Steele described the Rittenhouse trial as a cluster bleep on the grounds that Judge Schrader had ruled that prosecutors can't refer to those who were killed by Rittenhouse as victims. What the actual hell, asked Steele, was that all about? But isn't it obvious? The sole purpose of a trial is to establish whether Rittenhouse is guilty of murder or whether he was acting in self-defense and to label the deceased as victims from the outset is to inappropriately beg the very question that the jury is there to decide. It is true that it was not mandatory for Judge Schrader to bar the use of the term, just as it was not mandatory for him to keep it from the jury that one of the people whom Rittenhouse shot had recently been discharged from a mental institution. Yeah, and that was a point I was making in the previous segment that one of the uh, perpetrators or alleged perpetrators that Rittenhouse shot was a child molester. But that has no relevance here, no meaning. And as such, the judge would probably disallow that if the defense tried to invoke such a thing. So seems to me that it's a fair-minded judge. And, and by the way, one point I forgot to bring up, back to this uh, nonsense about the judge's ringtone, because it plays God Bless the USA, that he must be some rabid Trumpist. Don't you think that's kind of a tell when liking an anthem such as God Bless the USA because you have such pride in the country of which you're a resident, that that's a bad thing? They're kind of telling on themselves a little bit here. In fact, Mark Hemingway, who was a guest on my show last Sunday, author and uh, columnist and investigative journalist, uh, he had made the comment on Twitter that that very song – is played in soccer stadiums during naturalization ceremonies. In fact, he pointed out how his sister got naturalized as American citizen and God bless the USA was played and people were rousing, cheering, brought to tears because they're proud to be Americans. Amazing! So uh, this this is where they're giving up the game right here. That if you focus on what should be the biggest story how the prosecution has so mucked up this case then you're probably going to get a bunch of progs on Twitter just frothing but again Twitter is not real life and the media has also shown that there is a disconnect from reality here they're not reporting facts they're baking in their biases into reporting and again again I know this isn't revolutionary. I know this isn't anything new. I know this is more a confirmation rather than a revelation. I get that. But this is how angry mobs get started. I mean, you need to look no further than to the unrest that took place in Kenosha in the aftermath of police shooting of Jacob Blake because the reporting was so disjointed, because some people went with a narrative that he was just there to break up a family dispute, and when he walked away from police, police shot him in the back. Well, you know what? That set a bunch of people off. And they basically tried to burn down the city. And that was the protest where you saw a CNN reporter saying, well, it's mostly peaceful here, as a big, huge flame is burning in the background. So all pretense of objectivity is out the window, because that goes against their worldview. And this is, and so now the way they're reporting this case, if Kyle Rittenhouse is acquitted because he will have been cited as acting in self defense, that may cause more unrest. Why? Because the way this is being reported, people can't understand how this kid is going to be set free. I mean, he was roaming the streets with one of those long, scary guns, and he just shot a guy, including a guy that was raising his hands, saying "I surrender." You know, and that Gage Grosskreutz is going to have a lot to answer for. He's on the stand, saying, admitting, "Oh yeah, 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 I, uh, you know, he didn't fire at me until I pulled my handgun on him," and then goes on Good Morning America just a few days later and says the exact opposite. Why isn't that being more touted? That would seem to be a pretty big news story, wouldn't it? A witness for the prosecution basically saying the exact opposite of what he said on the stand? That's not news? So they're giving up the game here, and uh, like I said, when you have an institution like the media that isn't willing to take a good long look in the mirror at themselves – Uh, Things like this continue to happen, and I'm not saying they're responsible for people burning buildings or committing violence or whatever else, but they certainly aren't helping the matters. Let's just put it that way, and that's being charitable. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. It is me, Brad Carlson, filling in for the headliner, the Mitch Berg on the Northern Alliance Radio Network, back in mere moments. Go nowhere.
6: You're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. Just go to bamboohr.com HR. This is a limited offer, only available to radio listeners at bamboohr.com HR. That's bamboohr.com HR.
5: Be careful. Once you try a Patriot burger, you may
1: never go back to a regular burger. That's the Rack Shack Barbecue at rackshackbarbecue.com. Get
0: that Rack Shack attack. Barbecue.
5: yeah. Welcome back. AM 1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. It is the headliner edition of The Narn, Sands. the headliner, Mitch Berg, who is away on assignment. But fear not, Mitch will be filling in for me tomorrow. I am Brad Carlson. guess I didn't mention that at the outset. Yeah, my regular show, The Closer, will be uh, broadcast tomorrow from 1 to 3 p.m., but Mitch will be filling in for me, so be sure to tune in. Mitch will always have some good stuff, I know. And uh, I know he's uh, got a big weekend planned to uh, his band elephant in the room is playing uh, tonight. He'll get some good rest and then he'll be raring to go tomorrow. I have no doubt. So hopefully you can tune in as I will be Uh, here to take your phone calls, by the way, six, five, one, two, eight, nine, four, four, eight, eight. That is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag Narn show. That's hashtag N a R N show for any comments or questions. uh, Matthew from Southern California weighing in via Twitter. Matthew, always appreciate you listening, sir. Appreciate it. Uh, he's made, uh, by the way, Matthew says on Twitter, uh he's asking how the closer can go on stage before the headliner. Well, it's just this weekend, Matthew, and I think a weekend in early December, but he says uh that Mitch should be the encore when he does the Sunday show. You know, that's not a bad idea. Uh I think he should go for, I think he should go with that title at least tomorrow. Who's to say? But uh far be it for me to tell Mitch how to do a broadcast. I mean, he's been doing radio more than half his life. Uh he's forgotten more about radio than I'll ever know, so uh I'll let Mitch uh, handle that one, but you could certainly Uh, Throw that recommendation out to him, Matthew. We appreciate it. So Aaron Rodgers, I just saw a news story. He had to be in 10-day quarantine after being diagnosed with COVID-19 on November 3rd. Well, today the 10 days are up. He was tested. He is asymptomatic. He is clear. And so he will play tomorrow at Lambeau Field against the Seattle Seahawks, despite having not had any practice this week. But
4: this is Aaron Rodgers.
5: Hall of Fame quarterback. I think he can get by uh, with one week without practice. He'll certainly play a lot better than Jordan Love played in his stead last Sunday. I get that that's a low bar, but uh, be that as it may. Uh, I'm If you've listened to this show or read my blog, bradcarlson.org, or follow me on Twitter at brad underscore Carlson, uh, you know that I am as rabid an anti-Packers fan as there is. Uh, my team, the Minnesota Vikings, have never won a Super Bowl in their 60-year history. And they're not going to snap that streak this year either, I'm, a, I'm sorry to say. But if I had to guess, the feeling that I feel when the Packers lose a big playoff game is probably not too far-fetched from how I would feel if the Vikings actually won a Super Bowl. I am that ecstatic when the Packers lose in the playoffs. I am, uh, you know, it's just that border battle rivalry. I mean, if if you don't know anything about me personally, my dad, uh, was born and raised in Wisconsin and his mother, my paternal grandmother was one of 15 kids. So I have scores of aunts, uncles, cousins, second cousins, cousins, twice removed, whatever, who are Packer fans. So whenever there's a family reunion, you know, it's, it's, You know, Packer this, Packer that. And to give them credit where credit is due, when the Packers were so pathetic in the 70s and 80s that they weren't even worth rooting against, they were still watching every game like they were on the brink of going to the Super Bowl. They are that fanatical. I will give them credit where credit is due. I honestly will. Having said all that, uh, I am not going to join the piling on of Aaron Rodgers uh, in the aftermath of his testing positive for COVID-19, despite the fact he led people to believe that he was vaccinated. Now, if you remember in August, after a long holdout, he reported to Green Bay Packers training camp, and there were COVID protocols in place for each team. And one of them was, if you are in your team's facility indoors, you have to wear a mask. Well, he wasn't wearing a mask. So people asked if he was vaccinated. And he said, well, I'm immunized, which by the technical definitions, are two different things. So those people would say, well, Aaron Rodgers was lying. I disagree. He wasn't lying. Now, did he take advantage of the media's gullibility, knowing that they wouldn't ask a follow-up question about immunization as opposed to vaccination? Yeah, I think he was. And I think he probably had in his mind, you know what, they probably believe I'm vaccinated even though I'm not, and I didn't say I was, but I'll just let them go ahead and believe it, was his mindset. Again, I, I don't agree with that. Uh, I that particular tactic, but whatever. But what I did not like was the pig piling on by political media and particularly sports media. Sports me, media, they these sports journalists, they pee themselves whenever they get an opportunity to talk about politics because they feel like they get to be important. They get to leave the toy department. No one takes them seriously as political commentators because you're talking about sports. You're part of the Toy department. Who gives a rat's rear what you think about politics and Trump and all that? You're you're welcome to talk about it, certainly. But no one really cares what you think about it. And then when you come back at them with facts a factual argument, some of them will recoil it's like, Well, I, I just report on sports. You know, they want it both yeah, they want it both ways. They, they they want the credibility of being able to talk on important subjects when it fits their narrative. But if they're if if people come back at them with a factual argument, you know they well well I'm I'm just a sports person. So I've got a montage here. It's about two and a half minutes long, and interspersed in there is Aaron Rodgers' appearance on Pat McAfee's podcast. It was a week ago yesterday that Aaron Rodgers basically got forty minutes of uninterrupted time to give his perspective on. Okay, yeah, I'm not vaccinated. I got COVID. But here was my mindset. Here was the rationale why I decided to not get vaccinated. And his comments are interspersed between all of these journalists pigpiling upon him, basically ripping his perspective. Uh, some of the people who I was able to identify, Shannon Sharp, Christine Brennan, Stephen A. Smith, Mike Florio, Bamani Jones, Joy Behar, Chris Cuomo, Terry Bradshaw, Dan Graziano. There are a few others who I didn't recognize on there. Uh, all had something to say about Aaron Rodgers, and then it ended with Rodgers' appearance on Pat McAfee's show earlier this week where he basically said, you know what, Uh, I take responsibility for misleading people. I'm not a commentator. I'm an athlete. I'm just going to focus on that. So uh, this is about a a two-and-a-half-minute clip. This is a media montage of the pig piling upon Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers and also his comments kind of interspersed.
4: Go ahead. I can't even believe Aaron Rodgers did this skip. I have so I have lost so much respect. I'm ashamed of him right now.
2: I think we're seeing a very different side of Aaron Rodgers and I think we're seeing a side of Aaron Rodgers that people are really, really disgusted by. I'm
1: making the decision that's based on what's
3: best for me and my own health. And for me, it was a no-brainer. He
2: literally is sitting home because
3: he might kill someone.
7: First, he, he endangers people's lives. Then he doesn't take responsibility and makes up some story. Then he blames the woke crowd. He He should speak at the Republican convention. The
3: problem with this is it is so political. And health should not be political. He
8: gave this interview on Friday that was just... It was just so damaging, Uh, promoting conspiracy theories, attacking the cancel culture and the woke mob, you know, saying how Joe Rogan was his expert. analysis.
1: While he says he talks to Harvard MDs about stuff, it was Joe Rogan that really guided him. He took stuff that is for horses. Ivermectin is a cattle dewormer. Sorry, folks, that's what
0: it is. The embarrassment was going to begin as soon as he pointed out Joe Rogan as one of his touchstones of his critical thinking. I'm going to critically think about what's best for my own health. I'm not
2: judging anybody
8: else. What
7: we've got today with this interview is a public figure spreading
8: misinformation. Aaron Rodgers is comfortable sitting down for 50 minutes and spewing verbal diarrhea that we can all react to.
2: It is a devastating prospect of uh, the ramifications of what this guy is doing and what he's saying. He sounds like a crackpot.
3: Have they talked about exercise, a healthy diet, like eating real food, drinking water, taking vitamins? vitamin D deficiency and and what that causes in the body.
1: No, it hasn't meant any of that. I I think that was a a rant um, that went off the rails several times, uh, divorced from reality at at almost every turn. You came across as a national embarrassment.
4: Do you think Aaron Rodgers set the dumb jock stereotype back?
3: I'm gonna have the best immunity possible now, based on the 2.5 million person study from Israel, that the people who get COVID and recover have the most robust immunity for him
7: to perpetuate that. Um, I guess it just shows us that he doesn't care.
0: I'm an athlete. I'm not an activist, so I'm going to get back to doing what I do best, and that's and that's playing ball.
5: Okay, a uh, lot to react to. Only have a few minutes, but I'll I'll just say this: uh, I'll, I watched the entire 40 minute diatribe Aaron Rodgers put forth on the Pat McAfee podcast again. Find it on YouTube. It went viral. It had like a million and a half views on it. I watched the whole thing because I wanted to see it for myself. And I'll admit to you, there is a fair amount of things Aaron Rodgers said on there that I didn't agree with and were factually dubious. And the one thing that stands out to me is how he talked about his, you know, the two vaccines where you have to get the two shots, the Pfizer and the Moderna. He said that there are ingredients in each which he's allergic to. He has an allergic reaction to. Okay, now, it's his medical history. His, I'm assuming he talked to his doctor about this. I don't know. Or was he just looking at the ingredients and said, oh, I'm allergic to that. And, just, uh, and, and how big would the allergic reaction have been? Would it have been more severe than a potential COVID case? We don't know. But that's nobody's business. That's his personal health. But he said then obviously the third one the johnson and johnson where it's a one shot deal he said well we all know that you know i have allergies you know there are ingredients in the pfizer and moderna that i'm allergic to and then the third one johnson and johnson there's been clotting issues well provide a little context there aaron out of 7 million shots administered of the johnson and johnson there were 6 6 cases of blood clotting i believe on the brain that's literally one in a million. But yet he's making it sound as though that's a pervasive issue, that that's an issue that has been dogging those who have taken the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, which isn't true. But the point he didn't make where he would have had a little more credibility, it's like, well, there was literally one in a million clotting issues. Why did Johnson & Johnson pause the administering of that vaccine despite there only being six cases and seven million. Something's got to be going on with that if they were willing to pull it from the market. I mean, it's an honorable goal to have zero severe cases of COVID and zero deaths with it, but that's not the world we live in. If you're waiting to say, "Ali Ali oxen free, we can go back to normal once there's zero deaths, that ain't happening. Okay, and again, I... So from that standpoint, him, but him saying that, oh, there's clotting issues with Johnson Johnson Johnson, that, that's incorrect. Well, I where I will give Aaron Rodgers credit, and I think that's what got a lot of these media types stirred up, was invoking Trump's name, because Trump's name pretty much triggers all these progs. Where he said, when Trump was president and implementing Operation Warp Speed, people were like, I'm not taking any vaccine that this administration endorses. Not at all. But yet, when Joe Biden's president, it's like, you better take this vaccine. If you don't take this vaccine, you're not going to be allowed to dine out. You're not going to be allowed to attend your kid's uh, school play. And you might lose your job. He says, this was politicized. And he's exactly right. And that's what got these people so hot under the collar. And Terry Bradshaw, who works, I know who works on a farm, and he talks about ivermectin as a cattle dewormer. Sorry, that's what it is. That's not exclusively what it is. So these media types that were pigpiling on him about that, they're going with the same chanting points about it. It's a horse dewormer. When Sanjay Gupta, when he appeared on Joe Rogan's podcast, even admitted to, that's not exclusively what it is. It's for more than that. So if the media wants to crow about disinformation, fine. There was plenty in Roger's diatribe which they could cherry-pick. But they need to look themselves in the mirror, too. And how they handled the so-called uh, "we believe in science" mantra, how they condescendingly cool about that. You know how they were all for social justice protests where there was hundreds of thousands of people crushed together, no social distancing, and middling mask usage. But yet, Aaron Rodgers, and that was a couple things people said in there too. Aaron Rodgers, oh, he put people's lives at risk. Why? If all these other people were vac- vaccinated, how is he putting their lives at risk? You're under. See how you're undercutting your case for the vaccine? Be open and forthright. Say, okay, the vaccine is not 100% certain to prevent COVID, but your risks are much lower. And if you do get it, cases have shown the symptoms are less severe with all things being equal. But yet they don't do that. So if you want people to stop thinking that this is about controlling others' lives, then you need to start making a more coherent case and actually making arguments that are based in science, which you condescendingly coo that you're doing. Oh, I believe in science. So, again, I will never root for the Packers. I hope they get ousted in the first round of the playoffs. But I'll say this. If the Packers go on to win the Super Bowl in February – I am going to be rooting like heck for Aaron Rodgers to hoist that Vince Lombardi trophy and say,
0: cancel this, biatches!
5: I will be rooting like heck for that. Again, I don't want the Packers to win the Super Bowl, but if they have to, that will definitely be a silver lining, to be sure. Because you know they're all rooting against him now. You know they are. You know it. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in by Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson filling in for Mitchburg with one final segment on the headliner edition of The Narn. Go nowhere. I have my
1: mother's dreams. I have my father's eyes. You can't take- AM 1280, The Patriot. Sightseeing in Paris, at the mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to AM 1280, The Patriot Join Gene Sullivan every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AM 1280
3: The Patriot. Hi, Paul Rubin here from the White Bear Lake Superstore, Buick GMC. And I'm honored to announce that we've partnered with AM 1280 The Patriot to bring you the Pledge of Allegiance Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. We feel it's very important to bring the pledge back to the forefront of our daily lives. Each day, a local veteran, an active service member, or a first responder will proudly recite the pledge to kick off our day and honor our country. Tune in at 7.30, and God bless America.
0: Don't get lost in the endless stream of misleading headlines. Turn to a leading source of conservative news. Townhall.com. Political cartoons. Thoughtful commentary. And an intelligent perspective on the day's headlines. Townhall.com. A division of Salem Media Group.
8: Want to enroll your child in Christian school for half the cost? TwinCitiesTuitions.com has joined with area private schools to offer half-price tuition for your child's first year. At TwinCitiesTuitions.com, you'll see our partnering schools, an interactive map to find one in your area, and frequently asked questions about the program. Now more than ever, it's important for your child to have a biblical worldview. Get details about the half-off Christian tuition program at TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Unless you've visited our studios, you probably haven't seen how clean they are, but I assure you, you can hear it. Hey, I'm Trevor K. checking in on behalf of Forever Cleaning. Tasha and the team at Forever Cleaning are a big part of why we sound so fantastic on air. I mean, have you ever heard a dusty mic? Not here you haven't. It sounds something like this. No good, right? But Forever Cleaning's attention to detail goes beyond the studios in this microphone. Our break room is clean and inviting, the office areas are orderly and organized, and the bathrooms are always spotless. If you need Forever Cleaning's expert care in your office or store, or you just want to make certain your mic sounds as good as mine, well then reach out to Tasha and her expert team today at forevercleaning.com. That's forevercleaning.com to schedule your free walkthrough and quote. Forevercleaning.com, that's the number 4, E-V-R, cleaning.com. Remember, forever cleaning is so thorough, you'll wonder if your mom snuck in overnight and cleaned.
2: Leave me here cause I
0: don't
5: wanna go. Welcome back. and twelve eight is Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. Get you know, us away in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow, that's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. Honored to be filling in for Mitch Berg today, who is away on assignment, but Mitch will be filling in for me tomorrow, 1 to 3 p.m., so hopefully you can uh, tune in for all your Northern Alliance Radio Network programming. And be sure to stay tuned for the Jack Tomzak Show. Immediately following this broadcast, Jack always has a cavalcade of stars on his show to uh, talk about, all the big newsmakers. Uh, Jack, uh, as Mitch says, Knows where the uh, bodies are buried in the uh, political circles here in Minnesota. So no doubt he will have some top-notch guests. So be sure, be sure to stay tuned for that. Uh, I did want to uh, get one final uh, item in here. Uh, it, if I tell young people today, teenagers, maybe even kids in their early to mid-20s, uh, and I tell them Jimmy Kimmel once upon a time was funny, they don't believe me. They don't believe me. I promise you he was funny. The material he used to write for NFL on Fox's pregame uh, back in the early 2000s, remember when that's when Frank Caliendo really came into the mainstream, uh, it was some funny stuff, really. It was. Uh, but if you didn't see that stuff and your only familiarity with Kimmel is the unfunny, deranged progressive on his late-night ABC talk show, well, then I understand – why you think I'm full of it. Uh, this is a clip from his unfun, uh, painfully unfunny monologue. Uh, this is from earlier this week. Uh, this is about a minute or so. Uh, John, go ahead, cut number three. If anything can get the American people
3: fired up, it's infrastructure. So, <laughs> And Biden is alone. If Americans really aren't happy with this vice president, Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris has an approval rating of 28%, which is makes no sense because she basically has nothing to do i mean it's like <laughs> criticizing a backup quarterback is tom brady's okay i don't love the way blaine gabbert has his legs folded on the bench i have to be honest Connell's approval rating uh... 28 percent is even lower than the thirty percent who approved of dick cheney in 2008 after he shot a guy in the face <laughs> i think these people are forgetting that at least ten percent of the of those Polled, approved of Dick Cheney because he shot a guy in the face. (laughs) I think I know why Kamala's ratings are low, besides sexism and racism, which are the obvious ones. It's because whenever she's next to Joe, standing near him, behind him, she looks like an assassin. She looks like (laughs) Nebula next to Thanos, ready to... Right? Especially with a mask. Hey, Kamala, this guy's being a wise guy. Show him what we do to wise guys. (laughs) It is surprising that Biden's numbers are so low. The jobs are,
5: uh, no, it's not surprising. He should have kept on with that. It's not surprising why Biden's numbers are so low. Um, wow, um, that uh, that was painfully unfunny. Uh, one question though, he you know kind of uses it as a throwaway line. Well, there there there's you know there there's one reason why her approval ratings are so low, <laughs> other than the racism and sexism, obviously. Uh, what does that say about the political party that Jimmy Kimmel likely supports, i.e. the Democrat Party, that soundly rejected her in the 2020 presidential race? Remember she got in the race? The enthusiasm was immediately through the roof. Oh, my God. Finally, you have you have these near octogenarian white men, Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders, that have been atop the polls. Here we get an accomplished... Uh, Middle-aged, minority, female, this is what progressives need to get motivated. And her approval ratings, her uh, rankings in the Democrat primary were in the top three or four immediately when she entered the 2020 presidential race. She got in sometime in the middle of 2019. And yet, she didn't live up to those expectations. Her debate performances were so poor and so disjointed that she didn't last till Iowa. The Iowa caucuses are in January of 2020, and she didn't last till Iowa. So if her low approval ratings are due to racism and sexism, what does that say about the party who rejected her candidacy, once popular pre- candidacy for president? Brad Carlson in for Mitch Berg. Thank you so much, folks. God bless you all. God bless America.
0: Charlie Kirk believes we are seeing the decline of America.
1: Right now, there are hundreds of people that run your country, run our military, run our government that are kind of like, what's the big deal if we lose? Who cares if it's humiliating? What's important is whether or not we get paid. What's important is whether or not my child goes to Harvard. I mean, we do that all the time. That's all we've done is lose over the last 30 years. And we get promoted while doing it. The Charlie Kirk
0: Podcast, available on salempodcastnetwork.com and everywhere. Podcasts are heard.
4: Why are cash out refinances such a big deal right now? Uncle Ryan tries to teach me something.
0: I really feel like right now might be a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I've been doing this for 18 years now, and I've just never seen a market where the rates are so low and values across the country have skyrocketed as much as they have. That combination, um, I remember one couple in particular, they were looking to do some home improvements at the house, but they were worried about their payments going up. Well, with rates being so low and them building up so much equity in the home over the last few years, we were able to get them to cash out for those home improvements, and their payments actually went down a little bit. Every single situation is different, but it does happen more often than you think. So it definitely does not hurt to call. We are United Faith Mortgage. Mortgage.
1: United Faith Mortgage is a DBA, United Mortgage Corp. 25, Middle Park, Middle New York, License Mortgage Banker. For all licensing information, go to Animalist Consumer Access.org, Corporate Animalist Number 1330, Equal Housing Lender. I license Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Tick
8: tock, tick -tick tock. The new year is fast approaching, but there's still time for you to make some year end tax moves that will keep some of your money in your pockets. Tune in to this week's Money Matters with Alan Mike. They'll be giving you some year end tax
1: and retirement planning tips. This year may prove to be an important one when it comes to tax moves.
8: Biden's proposed changes in the tax code. Stay informed and make sure you listen to Money Matters with Alan Mike, noon Saturday on AM 1280 The Patriot, or call them now at 855 231 6010.
2: Learn how thousands of smart homeowners are investing about a dollar to avoid expensive home repair bills. John, a former non customer, said, My air conditioner broke and I had to spend $1,900 to fix it. Jeff, a customer, wrote, My air conditioner broke and I got a new one at no out-of-pocket cost. Mary, a former non-customer, wrote, My heating system stopped running. I had to spend $3,000 to get a new one. Lisa, a customer, wrote, My heater stopped working. I got it fixed at no out-of-pocket cost. For about $1 a day, you can have all the major appliances and systems in your home guaranteed fixed or replaced with HSC's home warranty coverage. Call now and the first month is free. If the lines are busy, please call back, 800-824-3853, 800-824-3853. That's 800-824-3853, 800-824-3853.
1: Celebrating two decades on air, this is AM 12.